if you want to build product-led goals, you need to say something outside of your website that the person need to find again on your website and then when you try your product you need to experience what we have said outside. to open and thrive in foreign markets. This is Steve here speaking, and today I am welcoming Sunny Paris, CEO of NoCRM, a bootstrapped SaaS company that started to scale internationally from day one. He will speak about how his 20-people company used product-led growth to scale internationally, and now they are generating close to 3 million euros of ARR, annual recurring revenue. Among other things, he will mention the acquisition channels they have used so far, and he will share the questions and the key aspects you should consider if you want to use product-led growth as a way to scale internationally. Hi, Sunny. Thank you so much uh, for joining International Corner. I'm really glad to have you here. How are you today? Great. Hi, Tiffen. Happy to be there. <laughs> Fantastic. Before, I would say, digging into today's matter, would you maybe start by introducing yourself, no CRM and, and your role there as a, as a CEO? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Sunny Paris. Uh, I'm the CEO co-founder of NoCRM. I'm uh, now quite old entrepreneur. Uh, on the internet, I started my first website in 1986, so previous millennium, uh, and found a company named Weborama at that time, uh, around uh, the already a SaaS software company um, that went public in 2006. And then now I'm, I'm leading uh, NoCRM. So NoCRM is a lead management software. Basically, it aims to help salespeople close their deal. And it starts from the idea that uh, basically... CRM are not built for salespeople, they, they slow them down. And so we want, we want to, to have a solution uh, that help them and that, that focus on the process of selling and not on entering data, which salespeople hate. And um, so I, I know CRM, I have several roles. Uh, of course, it changed as the, the company grows. Uh, I, I have quite a scientific background, so I'm, I'm really uh, still close to the app and how we handle the data and stuff like that. But of course, more and more, my role is to manage the team um, and manage the managers of the teams and set goals and, and, and find a, a path that allows us to, to grow in several markets at the same time. All right, perfect. And just for us to really understand, can you maybe share a few numbers about uh, NoCRM, maybe where, when you guys were created, the current turnover, if you can share, just so that we can have a global understanding and, and a few numbers? Yeah, of course. So basically, we start NoCRM in 2014. As you mentioned, it's the bootstrap uh, solution, uh, bootstrap company. Um, we, are, uh, we have customers... Uh, in more than 80 countries. We are available in six languages, uh, more than 3,000 customers worldwide. We target mostly uh, SMBs. Uh, okay. So the, the, the perfect, I would say, well, maybe we discussed about that, but it's around 
let's say, three to, to uh, 30 salespeople in the company are. Okay. It's really our target. Uh, and mostly, um, so we're available in Spanish, Portuguese, French, English, Italian, and German. All right. Okay, and in terms of ARR, I didn't discuss that, but basically we're around 250,000 uh, K dollar per month on MRR. And you grew this uh, basically in, uh, so since um, 2014, right? This is what you mentioned? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So All right. now eight years. Uh, we don't consider ourselves really as a startup in the sense of, uh, you know, the, the, the finance startup with hyper growth and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, we are mature SaaS business in a competitive market, uh, but uh, we are innovative, uh, but we we, we um, really proud to be Uh, also, a um, profitable company and that, that re relies on its customers to, to grow. <laughs> and I think it's pretty healthy. And uh, that's why you also, I was really keen to have this conversation with you because uh, I think there's a lot of light that are shed right now um, uh, into companies or scale-ups that grows uh, because of like big foundings. So it's also interesting to see the sides of uh, companies, you know, that are still bootstrapped, that are past uh, the point of break-even and that are just having like this steady growth, healthy growth. I would say as well to mm -hmm. see a little bit more about how this kind of like business model work. So how mm -hmm. many uh, employees are you today uh, in uh, NoCRM? No We are around 20 employees. Okay. Near 20. 20. Yeah. Okay. 20 employees. And So you said that um, you're selling ideally to SMBs uh, with the salespeople team comprised between three to 30. Um, yeah, do you, like, do, like, what's the average, I would say, like sales cycle length? It's very short because uh, all the, um, the pitch of our product is to be really simple to use and to help salespeople. So we really have the, the name of the companies. You don't need a CRM. The name of the product is no CRM. And we, we tend to explain that CRM are about uh, sorting the data. And, and while, se while selling is about following a process, you start with a prospect and you, you end with a customer. So it's really a tool that is super easy uh, to use by yourself. Uh, the learning curve is very smooth. Uh, so, uh, Generally, our job is to put that message on the internet, generate traffic to the website, have people start their trial, and then onboard almost by themselves. Okay, so uh, at the end of the trial, they decide if they pay or if they do not pay. But it's really about being aligned from the very beginning of the message to, to to the usage of the product. And and we are very proud to have, for example, in the French market, a conversion rate from trial to paying customers of around 20%, which means okay. that our, our um, cycle, sales cycle is very short. Mostly, let's say 95% of our deal are, are closed in the first months following the opening of the wow. account. Wow, okay. Okay, so literally from the time they, they sign up from the trial and then within the first 30 days, this is when you close the account. Yeah. 90%. Okay. Basically, the revenue I will generate in these 33 days is 90% of the revenue I will generate for, for all these months at the end. Yeah. Okay. So if you're saying that you're putting your message out there on the internet, does that mean that you currently don't really have, I would say, like a sales team? Is that more like a growth marketing team? Or yeah, absolutely. That... Absolutely. Exactly. We, we are not doing outbound calls or stuff like that. Wow. So it's really... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's really about generating traffic, 
um, and then correctly onboard the user and, uh, and have an in-app experience that is good enough for, for, for our uh, customers to convert. So was it the same even from the beginning? So since the beginning, there are like no salespeople, it's always been? Yeah, no, they, they, we try to, 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 so we start of course like that because it, at the very beginning, it was even cheaper than what it is now because the product was really, really, really basic when we started. Mm -hmm. And it was really, really super cheap also at that time. So uh, having salespeople wouldn't make any sense at, at that level of pricing. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we really start like that. Then we grew. And then when you grow, you have to take a decision between do you go upscale or, or do, do you stay in your market? We tried a little bit to go upscale and to try to target uh -huh. bigger customers. But we realized that it was not the core DNA of our product. Uh, this was not the core DNA of our company too. And, 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 and so we, we went, we stepped back on that and, and we, we decided to, to, to be 100% focused on, on low touch, on low touch. So in, on generating traffic okay. and not having sales. Do, trying to, to convert uh, people. We have a kind of sales team, but the sales team is only there. It's more account management. You know, when the people have started trial, if they want to discuss with our customer success team, we are, of course, there to discuss with them and please to help them and help them also, uh, yeah, configure the product and, and stuff like that and deploy it in their company. But we are not doing outbound calls to reach them. Okay, so it literally means that from like the only way for me as a prospect uh, to actually have a conversation with someone from your team, it's really post-sales, right? Uh, or if I have a question... It's post-trial, um, post-trial. Okay, yeah, post-trial. You have to start your trial and once you have started the trial, we, we can start having a discussion. Let's okay. say 95%, okay, if you, absolutely want to, if you absolutely want to come to our website and talk to us, we will talk to you. Of course, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's not the way it happens uh, generally. And how big is your growth team that you know really allows you to uh, to really be like really present in the internet? Um, so basically, on on we have one third of the team which is tech. Okay. And once and and one third marketing and one third CS sales. You know, it's around that. Okay. Okay, so you get that organization, and um, you know, like from what you grew, uh, I would say from like zero to that to that stage, did the team of twenty-ish people grew? I would say like exponentially. You know, like uh, I mean, uh, at the same time, exactly, or or if you guys keep growing, it doesn't mean that, like, if you double, let's say, the revenue. No, I think we the the the, the growth is now in terms of uh, number of employees is slowing down. Okay. Compared to the growth of the revenue. All right, very clear. So am I being correct if I say that uh, you're basically having like a product-led growth, right? Because most of the way you actually um, um, acquire customers and you convert them, it's everything through website and they actually onboard themselves on the free trial uh, on their own, right? And it's only after the free trial that you guys can come into the picture. Yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't say that's 100 product-led in okay. the sense that the product doesn't by itself auto-promote himself, you know, that's mm -hmm. what I mean. It, it, there's no virality in the product by itself, so yeah. 
So the product-less growth is still we have to do a lot of work to generate traffic on yeah. our website and prepare a lot of things to, <laughs> to have the right content to the right person and stuff like that. Okay, it's not like kind of magic where you, okay, you have the product and you have 80% of the team that is just focused on working on the product. No, we, we have one third of the team, maybe 40, 45% of the team working on the product. But yeah, you have a lot of people working around the product. Uh, so the onboarding is correct and, and the message that we deliver is correct and stuff like that. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, I agree with you in that sense. But still, when I, when I compare it to other let's say other SaaS solutions, uh, which of, it's not of so course. easy. We, yeah. we, don't have the S, we don't have the SDR exactly. BDR team that is doing a tons of cold calls, then you have the... the exactly. Account, for sure. For sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. And same, you know, uh, just out of curiosity, in terms of, I would say, marketing budget to put your name out there, do you also feel that you're at a point where it's not because you want to double, that you also have to double your uh, investment in, mar in marketing? Is that also slowing down as you grow or...? Uh, in fact, the... We, we have a problem, actually, let's be honest, is that, for example, the AdWords became so expensive mm. that we had to change also the way we, we acquired. The, the, the price per click on, on our market are a bit kind of crazy. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we, we had to, to uh, reassign our budget to uh, that are more now so, so around content that we create or okay. kind of, uh, yeah, uh, features like content that we create. Um, so it's less and less uh, paid advertising and more long-term content that we produce that brings value and, and very specific stuff. Uh, for example, we have what we call the, the um, uh, sales script generator. So if you do cold call and stuff like that, we, we offer you a, a tool that is a, a free sales script creator mm -hmm. uh, that is very useful and you don't need to use no CRM to 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 use it okay it's of course better if you have no, no CRM but whatever the even if you have Excel or if you, even if you don't have anything you can use our sales script generator and, and, and use it and even if you have another CRM so it's a free tool and this free tool is really cool because it's both a feature for a product a free tool and very good for for SEO okay so it's a lot of work to to, to build that and to build that correctly mm -hmm. but this also the kind of marketing project that we try to okay to, to build. To, to generate visibility. The problem that we have is that we are on a very competitive market. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of players everywhere in the world. So it's, yeah, you, you have to, to, to be different and without a, a specific budget. Okay. Yeah, without so a big budget, you know. <laughs> so is that how you manage to, I would say, source your first customers? So you using AdWords first and then now, you know, like uh, putting more like into content or even since the beginning, yeah, you have like a very strong uh, SEO strategy? No, no, no. We didn't add a very strong SEO strategy. Um, we had a quite basic uh, SEO strategy, but it was at the time also uh, Google changed a little bit the rules. Uh, at, at one moment, if you were a good uh, prospecting software, you were ranking quite quickly mm. on the first page as the result. So, for example, if you type lead management software, long time ago, you used to see the best lead management software out there, okay? And I think Google made, made a change like there. And I think maybe they made that change to get more revenue from AdWords. <laughs> so basically now, if you type this kind of keyword, we'll find tons of content around, uh, yeah, what's the best lead management software and stuff like that that are generally more or less poor quality content. 
not not always poor quality content, but uh, the effect of that is that you push very far beyond in in the results. Okay, and so it makes things ever complex. So you had to after this change buy AdWords, but at the moment. Uh, yeah, the AdWords became so expensive, so it was complex. So we have to reinvent uh, a content strategy to still, uh, yeah, fight for for being there and uh, uh, and being present. But the the complexity of that is that, especially if you're fighting in the English market, the English mm-hmm. market is so competitive with so big brands. With you know, if you compete, for example, with HubSpot, uh, I often could say that I think the, the the content team of HubSpot is probably bigger than uh, three times the, the size of my whole company. You know? Most so likely, most likely. <laughs> most likely, yeah. And, and probably more than three times, you know. That's so, cool, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's difficult to, to beat those people directly on content and on basic ACO and stuff like that. Also, the other problem is that your inner page has have always a lower conversion rate than, than your home page, you know. Okay. So that's also part of the challenge. So it's it's quite difficult, especially in English market. So you have to find niche. You have to find other market where you can compete and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's that's actually quite interesting. That's a good, I would say, transition to the part where I wanted to focus on your um, international expansion. So you mentioned that obviously you are today selling or having customers in like several countries. When did you start? selling outside of France was that very from the very beginning like how like how did that start it was day one day one okay day one we we released the app in French English Spanish and Portuguese Um, and I quite often tell that story and for me the the idea to go internationally was also mostly uh, after uh attending uh, uh, to a conference uh, about Israel uh, and uh, Israel and about why Israel was so successful uh, at startups. And there was uh, several key reasons for that. Of course, uh, high quality of uh, knowledge, uh, good university and people super qualified, uh, access to funding uh, because of the ties between Israel and uh, US, okay, so it was more easy, it's probably easier for Israel to get fundings from uh, f- coming from the US where all the money is. Um, and the third point that was the most interesting is for that the Israel market is very small, so the local market is very small, and the, the, the countries around Israel uh, are enemies, most of them. So uh, the regional market is non-existent. So if you want to build something f- from Israel, you must think internationally day one because if 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 you don't do that, you 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 can't you cannot grow. And I mm-hmm. say okay, so why not? In fact, the question should be not should I go internationally, but why should sh- why not? Uh, why shouldn't I grow directly internationally and address the international? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the question is: Is my product? difficult to sell outside my own country and based on the fact that we are low touch that we don't go to see our customers there were absolutely no reason not to start internationally so we decided to yeah to start by four languages because we have the internal resources to do that um, and yeah that was that that was the beginning and as i say quite often the we, we are French, although the, the tech team is French, but when we are coding our product, 
we are putting it in English. So even the French is a translation of the English. So the, the English is at the core of our app. Okay. And all the other languages are translation of the English. Okay. Do you uh, even internally do you also have uh, every support that's actually written in English besides being like a French company, or do you do you have do, uh, is everything uh, you know between your internal communication in French? No, everything is in English mm. except in the technical channel uh, where we let the people speak in French because uh, they might not be as good uh, as we would like all in English. And also when you are on technical complex stuff, you know, it would be ridiculous to uh, to, to speak in English while all, all the people in the room are, are speaking French. <laughs> so for everything else, 100% of the exchange are in English, but not for the tech team. That's actually very interesting. What I'm wondering right now is, uh, so you said that you started international from day one with multiple languages, as you mentioned. Does that mean that in each market you were bidding on AdWords? Like, you know, how did you source? Because it's it's good to say, okay, uh, I'm starting and from day one I'm, I'm selling it internationally. But as you said, you have to get traction and you have to use yeah. AdWords at first. So like, you know, what was your strategy at the beginning to get those clients uh, outside of France? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we bid basically in the four languages directly. Okay. Um, and then we, we, you look at the result. What are the, the countries that are converting, generating revenues, or not? Uh, of course, generally in the countries that are generating less revenue, the clicks are, are cheaper and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, everything. Yeah, you, you find you find your way. But of course, you have to adapt the, the bidding and the, uh, yeah to to each countries and and remove some country. There are some country where people do trial, they start, and at the end, you never have a customer from them because they. They, they don't know how to pay uh, with, a, with a payment card and they, they don't have the, the payment infrastructure uh, that is good enough for, for, for them to, to generate uh, customers. Yeah. Okay. Did you have, I would say, several steps across the past few years where you thought, oh, maybe let's focus on XYZ country and then maybe you switched? Uh, you know, did you have like a progression in terms of your focus markets or are today the same market that you're focusing on as the ones that they were at the beginning? Let's be honest, it's difficult when you're only 20 uh, people in a company to really focus on market. So uh, you try to have someone that, to, to be sure that you're, you always think to your marketing uh, operations globally, that you have the correct translation and stuff like that. And of course, sometimes you focus more on the English than on the French. And at the moment, we are focusing more on LATAM um, because we want to, to find some traction back. So have, We, we, we have recruited some other people to be more in LATAM, in Spanish-speaking LATAM. Uh, yeah, so, so sometimes you have big focus in terms of, of, of language uh, uh, because, of course, you always have one language that is a little bit bigger than the other, especially in terms of content, how do you translate stuff and things like that. Uh, but yes, this is something that at the moment you, you, you want to, to avoid and especially to have, we have, of course, more known in France But I don't want mm -hmm. French to be that big. I would like the other country to grow quicker than France, which is unfortunately not always the case, of <laughs> course, because, you know, uh, once you get a certain size in your own country, you get more known. And of course, people talk more about you and, and it generates more, more word of mouth. While when, for example, you, you have... Uh, you're split in all South America. Mm -hmm. It's small in each country. So the, 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 the sum of each country is interesting, but your share of voice of, in each country is still small. 
Okay. Do you have some sort of plan, you know, of like maturity where, because it looks like in France, you started, you know, with AdWords and now it's big, like a big focus on like SEO content. So is that the same for countries? Like, do you have a critical size, uh, let's say, of business generated in, in a country where you just think, okay, from that point, then I can start investing more time on content creation or, or those kind of lead generation activities? Yeah, we're looking at basically what's the potential size of the, of the market and do have I a chance. For example, we are investing much more in South America than in the US because, as I say, US is very, very difficult. And mm -hmm. you need to find maybe other ways to, to progress there. But yeah, um, so, and for example, in terms of size, we, we still do more than 20% of our revenue in North America. But still, if you compare to the size of North America, it should be much more, but it's difficult and Yeah, and American people like to use the, the American product and, and to have people that talks to them with a real American ac accent and stuff like that. So it's, mm -hmm. it's more difficult. So we are trying to focus and say, okay, what is the, the potential of the market? What is the difficulty of the market? And sh sh should we push a bit more there? Okay. And so uh, I know that your product is a, you know, like a low touch one, but one of the issues sometimes that we have uh, when we try to expand in foreign market, especially the ones that are really far from our home country, it's regarding support, right? In terms of like, what's what are your support hours if we have uh, issues or can we talk to local support, as they can say? Do you do you sometimes have like those kind of objections? What I, I didn't mention, what I didn't mention is that we are really an international company and we are uh, remote first. So we have someone, one person in Argentina, one okay. person in Brazil, One person in Mexico, one person in the U.S., one person in Colombia, mm. one person in uh, in Germany, one in Italy, uh, in Portugal, and and and, and the rest mostly the tech team is in France. <laughs> okay, so that definitely helps to have someone you know that can answer in case there's an issue. That, absolutely, that's, uh, absolutely. And I think it's of... really important, especially to, to to have people. If you don't have people locally, I think it's more difficult because you you you, you need to have. Uh, Um, yeah, people that feel the, the country, that understand how is it. And also, as I say, it's the same thing in Latin. Sometimes we have to speak with our customers and, 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 and they want to hear Latin, Latin, Latin American accent. Okay, they don't want to, to hear the basic Spanish accent. They want to be sure that you're, you're part of their area. All right. You might not be in their exact country. You don't need to have someone in Chile, for example. Okay, no, it's not that important. But yes, it's important to have people in South America if you want to go in South America. All right. So each person is actually focusing on uh, their own region where they are currently sitting. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's why also it's complex in terms of organization because uh, each person has several ads. So it's both doing a little bit. I, I tell you, okay, this is how it is split, but uh, there are some countries where basically we have one person for the data area that does mm. a bit of everything. So we try to help them with marketing materials and to translate them and stuff like that. But they do basically marketing, they do support, they do sales. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, you have to juggle a little bit and, and uh, I would say also put your resources in terms of um, how much focus you want to have in terms of content generation, uh, depending exactly. on where the potential is. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, v very clear. And um, because you're an international company and focusing on different markets, 
you're still a team where you're 20 people and you have like one product. How do you deal with requests, right? Because they, you must have like different needs for maybe new features or what's the impact on, on the product to be so international from day one? How hard is it to prioritize the roadmap, for instance, or product roadmap? Well, basically, the first thing is we try to say no. Okay, and also it comes with our DNA when they say, okay, we don't want to go upper market. If you go upper market, your product needs to be more and more complex uh, and, and, and takes more and more energy to, to set up and stuff like that. So we want to keep it simple. So, so we, we accept that at a certain moment, uh, uh, a customer that is very happy with our product might reach the limit of our product and go for bigger product on the market because it needs something that is now much more integrated. This company has grown and it needs some very specific stuff. Okay. So that, that's something we, we live with. Uh, and so we try to work a lot on simplifying the life of salespeople. The other thing we work a lot on is be really connected. So I think in terms of no code and stuff like that, mm -hmm. I think we probably have one of the sales tool with the biggest API around and also the biggest point of contact in tools like Zapier or, or Mail.com. Okay. I think we probably have the, 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 the highest number of triggers and action that you can use. So you can easily connect this product to the other product. So we try to address very well the sales part, but the sales part, it's a lot of questions about uh, the ergonomy of your product. Uh, how easy is it to use? Uh, how easy... To, to, to do the several things that you do on your day about calling, about sending an email, about qualifying and stuff like that. So we try not to add too many features that would make the product complex, but sometimes we, we like to work on something that is existing and we do that a lot, trying to make it even better to, um, to be usable. And also we, we, we contact at that moment our customers and ask them, do you know about this feature? And you realize that In fact, without even willing it, your, your, your product has grown and maybe has grown sometimes too much in terms of features and not maybe not enough in terms of usability of those features and easy, mm -hmm. easiness of discovering those features that are inside your product. So at the moment, you have to say, okay, no, I am on my market. I know what's my DNA, so I don't want to add features. I, I want my product to deliver its promise. Uh, yeah, the, the more easily uh, and the more effectively okay so for you it hasn't been specific like it hasn't been especially like a, a barrier because uh you know for instance um maybe in uh, in for some other like type of product like SaaS, uh higher touch i would say if you go you know from let's say france to the us uh, because i actually lived it uh with the Uh, Tuken Toko already like three years ago. What was interesting is that there were some features that were absolutely required for us to be competitive compared mm -hmm. to local incumbents already in the market yeah. that, that were well yeah. established. And for a lot of those deals, unless we had some specific features, we were not competitive enough even to win. So we yeah. had, you know, at some point to just release those type of feature otherwise it wouldn't work so you you never had this kind of uh, i would say um no no i, I won't say we never had for, ex for example at the very beginning uh, for example for the email integration you using only bcc address that you can send to the servers was enough okay but at a moment or another all the market grew 
And now uh, we have a, a complete synchronization of your email. So you can receive email directly in the app, send email directly in the app. So we added new addition to our offer also to, to, to allow people to, to have the, the best solution they want for their sales team. So mm -hmm. we have a dream team edition that have additional features compared to the two other editions. So we, and, 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 and of course the revenue per customers on the dream team edition is higher. So of course we add features. Okay. But what I want to say is not, we, we, we're not in a rush about what's the next feature to add. Of well, mm. We are in the rush on, okay, how do you onboard uh, at the best? How do you, what's the usability of the app? Are, are, are our customers happy to use it? And, and maybe so they can spread the word about our product and how, how much it helps them. And question out of curiosity uh, about your onboarding, because you mentioned it, do you see any difference in the way market react to self onboarding? Do you have some markets in mind that perhaps are like more needy during the trial phase than, than, than others? Uh, did you see some difference there in terms of markets? Alors, what we see is difference in terms of conversion rate. Mm -hmm. Not all market convert at the same rate. Okay. So you have market French is part of the best market. We convert at 20%, uh, as I said, 20%. Okay. In the US, the conversion rate is really good. Also, the UK, very good. If you go to Latin countries, more difficult, maybe have less money. Conversion rate is a bit lower. Uh, if you go to other parts of the world, for example, where you don't have also your, your app in the native language of the people, then you have also drop another drop in the conversion rate. So, uh, yeah. There are areas of the world where the conversion rate is super bad. Okay. And uh, so it's more in that sense that, that you saw some differences, but you didn't see differences depending on the culture in the way they actually react to uh, the way you onboard them or like for you, it's, uh, no, it's just like no. universal onboarding, no difference at all. No, 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 not much difference. There are difference in the way the, the people talk. Okay. They probably want to talk more in Latin mm. and discussion are... Uh, more, okay, let's, go the, let's do the demo right now while on other country, okay, you book a meeting. There, there are some people that love to do webinars. French people love to attend webinars, which is not necessarily the case <laughs> in other country. Okay, so there are some cultural difference like that, but more or less it's, it's the same. Okay, so I think we saw a few aspects that are, that were really key for you to keep growing internationally. You, you mentioned, uh, obviously, uh, some aspects around The product, right, has to be very easy, like no code. Uh, you mentioned also like uh, having like a good strategy to actually acquire people, uh, acquire customers and uh, using AdWords, but then switching now more and more to, to SEO, uh, especially in mature markets. Um, now, if we just take like a step back, let's just imagine that you have uh, some of our listeners today that are also trying to think about how they can maybe built their product-led growth strategy internationally to try to acquire uh, clients uh, a little bit like you guys have done across the past few years. For you, what are the key aspects really to consider to actually be being able to do this successfully? First of all, I said my first advice is don't listen to advice. Um, and first, uh, think about is this advice good for me? And so the real question, there's no unique answer to that. Okay, mm -hmm. And so the question is, what is the lifetime value of your product? Are you in a mature market or not? Uh, what is the level of yeah the level of competition is really important. 
So the pricing is important. Everything is important and depends on the problematic you solve and, 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 and the product that you bring to the market. So really, first of all, think of that. And it's not because this has worked for company A that it will work for you. So the question is, what might work for a company and a product like yours in the market that you that you want to address? That's really super important and and, and one of the the most painful things that I see, especially in marketing, that people that arrive, okay, they want to to deploy their their, their marketing growth kit, and in fact, no, okay, this doesn't work like that. Okay, we we have very, a lot of very specific points that you have to address, and and you have to understand those very specific points. Uh, so yeah, don't 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 take the marketing uh, on book and do it. So first first thing. <laughs> Second thing is if you want to build product led goals, have a message that is aligned from the outside of your website to inside your app. Okay, that's you need to say something outside of your website that the person need to find again on your website, and then when he try your product, he need to experience what what you what you have said outside of it. So that's really, for me, super important. Product-led growth, mm -hmm. you absolutely need to do that. And you really need to focus on your subscription process and your onboarding and stuff like that. Don't be obsessed by having this button green or, or red or blue or yellow. This is, I think this is previous century stuff. Okay, <laughs> now uh, things become off yeah, everybody knows how, how is, is a form. But check your onboarding because sometimes you break it and, and, and this is really a problem. And try to see your, your onboarding of your product as if you were a new person and, and do it again and again and again and again and again. And I mean, it's been uh, uh, eight years now that the product exists and I'm still creating account to see how we onboard. And I, and I always discovered, so, oh, yeah, we have changed that and this is not working anymore and this is not good. So, and I'm really surprised sometimes. Uh, I tried, even Salesforce, for example, Salesforce is a great product in terms of uh, uh, how powerful it is, okay? But mm -hmm. now companies are building their whole IT infrastructure on top of Salesforce. But if you want to see the experience of opening an account online with Salesforce, it's terrible. I mean, but it's... There is zero chance that you use Salesforce out of the box like that. Okay. Impossible. But, <laughs> impossible. But that's not the way they sell it. So it's not a problem anymore because they don't okay. care. Okay. But sometimes you grow your product and your, your subscription process is a complete ruin. So no, avoid that. If you want product like growth, you need to have something that is really aligned from the outside to the inside and, and, and with all everything making sense from one step to the other. Okay. Very clear. So... From what I, I heard, you know, just when I try to sum this up, like I heard three points for you. The first aspect, very important, is to ask your question, what will work for me, right, as a company, depending on what you're going to sell, um, looking at uh, some data, you know, like lifetime value, uh, uh, the maturity of the market, etc., to really adapt uh, basically the strategy. Yeah. The life, lifetime, value is really, lifetime value is really, really important because mm. if you sell something that is 20,000, uh, you okay. You can spend some time calling people, but if you spend something that is around fifty euro, you can't spend sometimes uh, uh, calling people. And the question is, when you're in between, what are the things that you can use and the channel that won't ever work for you because you you don't have the lifetime value in front of them? Exactly. So 
completely got your point. So that was, I would say, like the first aspect. Second one, when you mentioned that it's important to have a message that's consistent from what you're saying on the outside to the actual inside of the app to make sure that you fulfill the promise that you told the, the whole world on the internet. And the third, as you said, like perfect, I would say, your uh, subscription slash onboarding process because this is something that you have to con continuously check and improve to make sure that the experience is great because that's what's going to allow you to convert in the end uh, uh, into a, a yeah. prospect, into customers. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that. So uh, if that's okay, let's move to that last part of the podcast for every, uh, every guest here. So it's called the Oops My Bad Time. Whoops. My bad. So for those who don't know, the Oops My Bad Time is a few minutes at the end for the guests to share a big mistake or a setback that has occurred during uh, the international expansion uh, so far. So do you have perhaps, uh, Sunny, some example for you, like one example you can share so that we can learn, learn from it? Yeah, we have one example. This is Russia. We failed Russia totally. Ah. So <laughs> Why? We, 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 but, and, and also I, I made two mistakes. Ah. Uh, at the beginning of our international expansion, we, we tried uh, to go to Russia and to Italy. And, and, and in France, you have the uh, you can have the you can insure your, your international uh, uh, expansion and get an insurance on, on that. But at, at the size that we had, I had to choose should should I uh, get an insurance for Russia or for Italy? And I was stupid. <laughs> I took the insurance for Italy and not for Russia. I should have taken the the, the insurance for Russia. But I thought it was so big market, we'd probably be able to do something in Russia. Uh -huh. And that's uh, some guys, Vladislav, uh, uh, that, 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 that speaks in the, in the native Russian. He went there, he was really happy to go to Russia. Uh, and he did a really good job. That's really not the question about how it worked. But it failed because there are first not so many uh, small businesses, mm -hmm. not so many small businesses that can pay with a payment card. You have more bigger companies. So it's it's very complex and also you have a, a local competitor that is that is very well uh, implemented i'm not sure that my english were there but yeah that's a, a very uh, known brand in russia and and basically we did nothing there nothing there both because of the competition and uh, the market that was really not good for product-led growth in our area so yeah complete failure So we stopped. Okay. Yeah. Russia. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Well, that's definitely some, some learning there, but I, you know, I think it's still a bit tricky, uh, but at the beginning, when you try out different markets, you have to expect that some of them are not going to work. So it's also part of the yeah. game, I think. Especially the, 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 the more exotic they are, the, the biggest is the chance that what you have thought about will, will not work. Yeah, it's uh, the, that, that's also what's uh, interesting about cultural differences, right? It's like the further it is, then you have to think about like, is it actually worth it? Or if you want to go there, um, you have to know perhaps the, the rule or do, uh, you know, maybe some pre previous research a little bit uh, on the market to, mm -hmm. to, to make sure. But, uh, no, some, you know, sometimes another market that I forgot about that we tried, this was about Vietnam. Okay. Ah. Don't ask us why we tried Vietnam, but we, we had a, local partner, someone we knew, okay. we think that we could do something through this local partner and, and, and it failed. It, <laughs> okay, so now more focusing on, uh, I would say, like markets that are closer to um, uh, what, yeah, what we really know and our culture. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. We're focusing on Europe, 
and Americas, both and North America's. America and South America, with, with a lot of focus on, on, on South America. <laughs> Got it. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Sonny, for coming here and sharing all your insights about how you guys deal with like product-led growth, how is it to be bootstrapped and go internationally. It was very insightful. And I guess I just have to tell you until next time then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks <laughs> a lot uh, for, for having me. It's a, really a pleasure to, do, to speak about that. <laughs> thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe to not miss the next one. And please share it with two people in your network. This is how this podcast gets more visibility and can help more of us to work on international markets. See you soon. <laughs>